Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to ModPath Chat, the official podcast of modern pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Netto, is the editor-in-chief of Modern Pathology and the Chair of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Netto. Welcome to ModPath Chat. It's my great pleasure today to host Dr. Claudio Lucchini, Associate Professor of Pathology at Verona University in Italy. Claudio's main research focus is pancreatic and molecular pathology. He's here today on behalf of a large group, on behalf of a large group of eminent co-authors to discuss his recent published review in Modern Pathology. The review is on the assessment of KI67 in neuroendocrine neoplasm, specifically in pancreatic neuroendocrine neoplasm, and comparing manual versus uh, digital, which is uh, the best method for the future. Thank you, Claudio, for accepting my invitation. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Nedo. For me, it's, uh, really, it's a big honor being here today. So uh, this study um, started from our uh, improvement in the knowledge that artificial intelligence-based systems uh, are concretely reshaping our lives. And uh, this uh, function is uh, uh, also true for oncology and uh, related areas, starting with pathology, where uh, artificial intelligence-based systems are opening new important opportunities, new horizons for improving ultimately the management of cancer patients. Uh, our specific investigations, uh, investigation regarded um, a, a very critical task for pathologists uh, during uh, the normal, the routine diagnostic activity of neuroendocrine neoplasms, which is represented by KI67 assessment. It is a, a very important step, not, not only for uh, simple tumor grading, but also for uh, treatment selection. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we um, take into account uh, our main area of interest, which is represented by pancreatic tumors. So, but, let, me, so yes. let me interject here. So, so what you're saying is the KS67 assessment uh, in general and neuroendocrine 
uh, neoplasm, regardless of location, is becoming uh, part of uh, you know the prognostics and and actually yes. the diagnostic workup. Uh, and uh, but but this current study and uh, the reason I wanted to interject here is uh, mentioned that I uh, I mentioned a, a large group of co-authors uh, that are yes. presenting. Uh, uh, including Lyron uh, Pantanowitz uh, yes. and Aldo Scarpa, among others. Uh, so uh, the authors really reflect a lot of neuroendocrine tumors, not just uh, pancreas, but but this specific focus is on pancreas. So tell me why, uh, I know your interest is in pancreas, but uh, why did you feel inclined as a group to, uh, to put this review uh, to evaluate pancreatic NEN assessment of proliferation index? Well, you know, um, with uh, with Aldo Scarpa, we decided to to perform this study. But uh, we know that uh, for finalizing a study like this, for improving the discussion and the interpretation of the results towards something of um, very significant, and one of the most important steps is represented by have uh, experts, a panel of experts in the field and, um, you know, to have a, an active discussion. Um, and uh, um, we really have many, many emails uh, among all the co-authors um, with um, personal experiences and also critical comments. And then, uh, you know, Based also also on, on the uh, long stand experience of of Aldo, but other authors like uh, Lyron Pantanovic, uh, Silvia Asa, Volkan Atsei, and then many others, we we have this uh, this study which uh, aim at, aims at uh, summarizing all the all the knowledge and not only this specific task, you know, you know something that can be useful also for uh, uh, for other neoplasms. Excellent. So it's uh, it's a mixture of, uh, of of a meta-analysis of you're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, of the literature, uh, but in the same time, uh, uh, I'm glad to hear that there was some uh, expert opinion also uh, uh, consensus, uh, if you will, on that. So that will make it a very a very helpful. Uh, paper, and like you said, to emulate probably in other neuroendocrine neoplasm. So how many studies uh, did you uh, review and include in your meta-analysis? Yes, so uh, we found uh, 22 eligible studies for the systematic review and four specific for the meta-analysis. And uh, we review a total of 752 patients with uh, pancreatic neuroendocrine neoplasms. So that's that's a large number, and uh, and what uh, and these so you, your focus was comparing uh, these studies, included some with manual assessment versus digital, or they were all studies had both. No, for the comparative meta analysis, we um, selected specifically those studies uh, that presented such uh, um, both data, both data of manual and digital pathology-based system. But for the, uh, the first part was represented by a systematic review of all published experience on this topic. And we uh, extracted from all studies 
advantages and uh, both advantages and drawbacks and limitations uh, for uh, these two types of uh, approaches. So briefly, yeah. let's let's uh, touch. This is very important point. What's the advantages of one approach versus the other and disadvantages? Let's do that briefly. Yes. Uh, you know, um, uh, right now, the WHO classification uh, specified that uh, a KI-67 assessment uh, should be uh, performed by manual counting right now, uh, 2017-2019 uh, edition, um, on a printed image, including at least, uh, at least 500 of, uh, 500 of uh, neoplastic cells from the regions of highest labeling, uh, the so-called uh, hotspot. Um, but you know, this, this task appear, appears a little bit uh, long at, uh, and not uh, very, very reliable um, with uh, some issues that uh, have been encountered in, the, in different uh, laboratories and, and, and so on. So um, from the systematic review, we found that uh, digital pathology-based systems um, uh, have key advantages in um, giving an, an improved uh, reproducibility and reliability, uh, and also a reduced time required for this uh, specific task, which is uh, very important. Uh, you know, above all, I think the reproducibility and the reliability uh, are um, a, a very, very important uh, index of, uh, of a good work. And uh, at the same time, we found also important limitations for digital pathology, but it, it, it is very important to know the limit, to acknowledge the limitation for improving uh, our, this kind of approach, which uh, really represents uh, the future in, in this field. So we Excellent. found that... So what are these disadvantages? Sorry, I interrupted you. Ah, sorry. No, uh, I, I th the most important advantages, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the most important uh, limitations regarding uh, uh, digital pathology-based systems were higher costs, mm -hmm. uh, a general lack of uh, widespread uh, availability, depending on the place, on the type of hospital, you know, on the possibility of the um, health system and so on. Um, some issues uh, related to operator qualification and, and training issues, uh, above all, if this task is not done by pathologists, but by technicians and so on. And uh, uh, the drawback of image, image algorithms counting contaminating non-neoplastic cells and this is very important, as for example, lymphocytes, uh, endothelial cells, but also other signals like uh, hemosiderin. Hmm. So, um, you know, it, it, all these limitations represent a very, a very critical point. But now we have to acknowledge that many, many systems, uh, many published experience on this topic, uh, have already demonstrated that uh, these uh, kind uh, of issues can be overcome thanks to a central role of pathologists in guiding uh, this, uh, this action.
Excellent. So, so there is a possibility to circumvent these challenges, and and actually, some of these challenges, even for us, when we're trying to count those cell, the positive cells, uh, lymphocytes, for example, and endothelial, you're you're absolutely correct. It's not always easy to discount those. So, hopefully, the computer and uh, and maybe multicolor and what have you can can help with that. So. Uh, Taking it forward, uh, you think the next edition of WHO will include at least digital as uh, as another option? I know they're limited by the fact that WHO classification is for the worldwide and, and not every, uh, you mentioned the resources, the inequity of resources. It could be difficult if they mandate digital. So I, I imagine that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but uh, but it will be you you, you expect uh, based on this study and future studies that that digital may uh, may become uh, another option for standard of care. Oh yes yes for sure I I expect this I think uh, uh, there is a, um, a an important future for uh, the adoption of uh, digital pathology in routine uh, diagnostic activity. For improving, as I, uh, uh, I have already said, uh, reproducibility, uh, reliability, but above all, the, the general quality towards uh, better management of, of patients. Um, uh, we, show, we show very clearly with the comparative meta-analysis that uh, there is a, a very high concordance between uh, the two modalities, manual and the digital uh, counting of uh, K67. So, you know, uh, there is a, an equivalence, but uh, the advantages uh, brought by the use of uh, the use of systems based on digital pathology are um, very clear. And uh, I think this study highlights very well the importance of uh, uh, moving towards the adoption of these kind of systems. And and my final question: You think if if we not just I know you mentioned uh, next could be organs like breast, brain, uh, hematolymphoid. If we start doing it digitally, uh, is there data at least to show that when you classify based on digital, it correlates better with outcome and uh, and and refine management, or or is it just a matter of equivalency making our life easy? Because that's that's also important, right? Yes, so the, the real target is to modify the, the treatment, the, to improving the treatment, not only to have a correct grading. You know? right. And um, the use of, uh, uh, as we also show in, in this study, the use of uh, uh, digitalized-based systems um, is uh, really uh, along this line. Uh, above all, for example, in this specific area, in the, in the gray areas, areas of transition between G1 and G2 and G2 and G3, and also for small biopsy or in cell blocks, all these areas are, you know, difficult in, for the assessment, for a correct assessment of K67. So, um, generally speaking, uh, I think that uh, there are um, important opportunities uh, opened by digital pathology in this kind of uh, task. 
And uh, an important point is that we show these in pancreatic neuroendocrine neoplasms, but you can take this lesson and put on uh, other organs like breast, uh, hematopathology, and, and, and other kind of, of tumors. Excellent. So I, I guess I, I thought it was my last question, but I have another question. So currently, what are the cutoffs between G1, G2, G2, G3? And uh, would the same cutoffs using the digital system uh, be used? Uh, is it a percentage? And can, can you share for those of us who don't do neuroendocrine pancreas neoplasm every day? Yes, you know, um, it is possible that... Um, accumulating evidences uh, in the next year. Also, this kind of uh, GRIA areas and uh, um, may be refined. Um, so I think uh, we, have to, we have to apply, we have to use such uh, systems and uh, see what happens. I, see, I think that there is a brilliant future for, uh, for this kind of technologies. Excellent. So uh, more studies to come. I uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, this is uh, the kind of exciting studies that we always are uh, happy uh, to, uh, to be part of in Modern Pass. And uh, for our audience, uh, this is an open uh, source article. So uh, uh, and, uh, you can, uh, you can uh, read it uh, with more details anytime. Uh, so it, it's been a pleasure uh, to have you uh, as my guest, Claudio. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, again, uh, for uh, for our listeners, please visit us uh, at our uh, USCAP YouTube channel uh, and Twitter handle at Modern Pathology. Uh, as uh, I mentioned before, uh, now the podcast uh, can be seen uh, in a video format at the USCAP YouTube channel. And uh, by the way, Claudio, this is the, our 50th uh, episode, uh, so uh, it's, it's a milestone. So it was uh, so nice to have you and so long, everyone. Thank you very much. It was a, a big pleasure to, to meet you and uh, I hope to see uh, in person in the next USCAP uh, meeting. Will be will be lovely. All right. Thank you. Fantastic. Any opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of modern pathology, Springer Nature, UAB, or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Neto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang, and Dr. Catherine Ketchum. Technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions, music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this podcast possible. 